Welcome to The Rewatchables. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. I'm Cameron Collins. Today's movie is Clueless. What the hell is that? A dress. Says who? Calvin Klein. I'm gonna be a supermodel. Are you okay? Uh, I'm fine. Whatever. Did I miss something? Is big hair back? My plastic surgeon doesn't want me doing any activity where balls fly at my nose. Well, there goes your social life. I'm gonna be a supermodel. <laughs> what a great film. I love Clueless. Amanda, how many times have you seen Clueless, do you think? Just a rough estimate. It's gotta be 50. At least. Probably more, because this was a real... This was a teenage rewatchable yeah, for me. Definitely. This is, I yeah. could probably perform a large part of it. I think I was actually very proud in my teenage years of being able to perform large parts <laughs> of Clueless, which is says a lot about a lot of things. Definitely. That we don't need to get into. Cam, how about you? Yeah, probably around 50s. I think it's the movie I've seen more than any other movie. Really? Yeah. How exciting. Wow. Yeah. I'm happy to be sharing this experience with you then. <laughs> yeah. Clueless is just classic. Came out in 1995. What a year. It came out in July in a weekend that back then was not like a blockbuster. It was the weekend of July 21st, 22nd, 23rd. It made $10.6 million its first weekend, which uh, would then went on to make 55.6, which box office mojo is similar, something around $105 million. So that's a lot. It's hard to imagine a teen comedy, rom-com, or any kind of female-driven comedy that doesn't involve like poop making that kind of money now. Very true. And I think part of it's definitely a teen comedy, and I think it appealed to everyone here as a teen comedy. I remember seeing it with my mother, Atlantic Mall in Atlanta, Georgia. Do you count this as a rom-com or just a teen comedy? Well, what I was going to say, it's a teen comedy and also a it's a satire. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I think, also think of it as a, an adaptation. It's like kind of my adaptations list. Yes, definitely. I mean, it set off a whole adaptation genre, which is yeah. the, the teen take on Shakespeare and Jane Austen, basically. Right. But I think part of the reason it was so successful or made as much money as it did was because there were a lot of adults. It could speak on yeah. multiple levels. It yes. could speak to us as teenagers, and it could speak to the people going with us. It was very, it's a very smart, knowing it really adaptation. Is. Not, yeah, you know, really with all respect to 10 Things I Hate About You, which is an Incredibly, it's also very smart, yeah. but yes. it's not really doing the the satire as much. Uh, how would you compare it to She's the Man? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go That's there. That's unfair. So um, this is based on Emma by Jane Austen, and 10 Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shrew, and She's the Man is Twelfth Night, I believe. Yes. This sort of started the trend mm-hmm. of yeah. take, take a classic English book from a long time ago and dress it up in fancy clothes. In high school. In high school. Yeah. High school fancy clothes. We'll get to the clothes. What a what a rich fashion movie, and I don't really care about fashion that much. But before that, let's talk about some casting what ifs. There's a lot of a lot of names out there. We did Titanic together, the three of us. If you missed it, it came out two weeks ago, and there were some good names for that. But I think this is sort of like almost more fun because people for some reason didn't want to own up to like having passed on Titanic. Maybe they didn't want to seem dumb. But um, some of the names for Cher were Reese Witherspoon. I accept that. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, because huh. oh, Cruel Intentions. That's yes. what you were thinking of. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Right, right. Sure. They, the two of them were both up for this part. Interesting. Did Cruel Intentions come before this? Cruel Intentions, I believe, came after. Yeah. A couple sure, years after. Sure, because I remember being older and I needed to be. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good lord. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a G-rated movie compared to Cruel Intentions. It's, honestly. And Cruel Intentions is nasty. What'd you say? It's a nasty movie. Like, watching it now, I'm like, wow, I cannot believe my parents totally let me watch that all the time shout out to classic literature yeah absolutely <laughs> paul rudd who uh played josh oh my god i love josh <laughs> also apparently wanted to be christian or murray but i think it worked out for he him. wanted to be murray he this wanted to be my... christian paul rudd is christian in particular i could see me. it i could absolutely see it but i'm glad he didn't do it I was deep in the Paul Rudd world in the 90s, like deep, because I watched Sisters. Like, it was really inappropriate, but it was my favorite activity on Saturdays. It was a show starring Susie Kurtz, Celia Ward, Patricia Kellenberg. And then Paul Rudd was on the show, married. He was Susie Kurtz's son-in-law, and he was married to um, Ashley Judd, who was also on the show. Like, it, this was, like, crazy. And then he was in Clueless, and I was just, I was deep in the Paul Rudd hive. I, he was really important to me when I was a preteen. Paul Rudd as in Clueless and then as Paris and Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Oh, Romeo and Juliet is another one, but they weren't even trying to disguise it. They were just updating yeah. it, I guess. Sure, yeah. Um, that was, that was, they used the original text. Yeah, I think that's still the peak Paul Rudd run for me personally. He, he really has yeah. been relevant. He doesn't get enough credit for his sustained relevance, in my opinion. He's great. I continue to like him, but he will never be more important than he was in <laughs> Clueless and Romeo and Juliet no. in my particular universe. Okay, fair enough. That's how I feel about Sisters as yeah. well. We all have our Paul Rudd <laughs> moments. The best casting what if, though, was that Jeremy Renner was up for the role of Christian. Stop. Yeah. And I think he turned it down. Isn't that wild? That is wild. Renner is Christian? Wow. I totally could see I that, I could too. absolutely see it. I mean... And if that had happened, I mean, who knows what Jeremy Renner's career looked like? Would he be the cast the cast off of the Marvel movies? Maybe not. Would he be even <laughs> the cast off of the Marvel movies? Some more names that were in the mix: Terrence Howard for Murray, Lauren Hill for Dion. Lauren Hill for Dion. Wow. Because Lauren Hill was acting then, sure. Yeah, sister act, of course. Sure. Owen Wilson tried out for Travis. Leah Remini auditioned for Ty, which I definitely could have seen. I absolutely can see that. Yeah. I would, that would have been good. That would have been very good. And Zoe Deschanel was up for both Amber and Cher. Zoe Deschanel as Cher is a very different movie. Oh, so different. Wow. Like, a worse you, movie, do you think? Yes. 100%. Yeah. Just making I, sure we're all on the same yeah, page. No shade. So rewatching this, I was just really astonished by how pitch perfect Alicia Silverstone is in this movie. Yeah. yeah it's, one of the, it's one of my favorite comedic performances Frankly. And it's obviously famously not always intentionally comedic. She yes. she didn't know how to say the word Haitian. Yes. Is that true? The, yes. I, I was gonna bring that Hadians, up as like maybe fake trivia, but that's real trivia. That's, that's true. amazing. Yeah. The Hadian speech is because she didn't know how to pronounce it, and then Amy Heckerling, who wrote and directed the movie, was like, Shh, don't stop, don't stop, don't tell her. Uh, and that was the take. So some of it is just kind of the perfect match of the person to the role, but she is really spectacular in it. And it kind of made me think that Hollywood didn't serve her that well going forward. No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah. I think it's interesting that Reese would have been up for the same part because I think Reese had her legally blonde performance, but these like these pair of performances are really important for me. Right. Like leading women comedian performances of the nineties and the early aughts, these two stand out as at the top of the list for me. Oh, totally. She's really good at also as a narrator, you yeah. are so 
you're so in her world. Like it's kind of like you're in this Los Angeles snow globe with the whole cast, and then you're only seeing it from like the way Cher sees it. She's just a, she's a really good narrator, which is kind of hard to do. I mean, her voice is amazing. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe how perfect her voice. Like that is the voice that you need walking <laughs> you through this movie. And also not really how Alicia Silverstone talks. So right. good, good directing by Amy Heckerling. I will say we. I think. Clueless became an instant classic thanks to Alicia Silverstone's subsequent works, which were not good. Are you talking about like Batman and Robin? Batman and Robin, horrific. How I will, I will ride or die for Blast from the Past. But <laughs> well, okay, no, but Batman fair. and Robin, really bad, really, yeah, really bad. Yeah, not her best moment, not anyone's best. Although moment. I gotta say, it came out what ninety seven. Yeah. I was in the theaters repping hard for Batman and Robin. I was, oh, I was too. It was Chris O'Donnell and so Alicia was Silverstone. Oprah. A lot of people were. Yeah, I was there. I was like, I'm here. This is fantastic. Cinema is great. I, I love superheroes. I it. It's the most I've ever loved a superhero movie. I just resent, <laughs> I resent that movie for um, speeding up the process of which George Clooney left ER. That was kind of like sort of when he was out. That's true. And I don't think it was worth it. Uh, no. On the other hand, it was worth it for him to like turn to movies full time. Sure. I was, the one thing I wanted to research when I was um, prepping for this podcast is I was like, what is the meaning of the name of the high school? Bronson Alcott High School. And do you guys know? No. I had assumed it was a character from Emma that I had forgotten. However, it is not. This is a quote from, I believe it's from Vanity Fair. Uh, Bronson Alcott High School got its name from Balky of Perfect Strangers, Bronson Pinchot, and Bronson Alcott, the father and little women, who Hagerling describes as one of the era's free thinkers and into educating women. And she was dating um, Bronson Pinchot at the time. So she put them that's together. That's a better answer than I needed, actually. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's and then this was followed up by an anecdote about how when Amy Harkling started like blowing up and getting so much attention, uh, Bronson Pichot couldn't handle it, and so they they broke up. Oh no! Yeah, wow. It's a very share story. Very, you know, it's very true. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. And there's there's so Clueless is so mined. Like there's not a lot. I think that people are truly like blown away by when it comes to the movie. But like, there, I think everyone has like a fun fact. And then. The Alicia Silverstone story has been told so often, like how she was allegedly anorexic on the set, and like it was really hard for her when they were filming, and all of all of that I think has been like pretty thoroughly discussed. But there's there's still so much meaning in the movie. I feel like you can pick you can pick it through. I agree. It's still great. It really is. Okay, guys, what's your most rewatchable scene? Let's get down to business. Dion on the freeway mm. is my scene. Yeah, you're getting on the freeway. What? No, turn right. Get out of the lane. No, no, no. Okay, get the procedure. Just get out of the lane. Oh, it's rough. It's rough. It's rough. It's rough. It's rough. Ah! Because it's such a cascade of ludicrous disasters. It's the biker gang. It's the old lady flipping the bird. It's the truck. It's the screaming. It's the fact that this is what eventually makes her lose her virginity, according to Cher. It's just a perfect – and preceding that with, like, finding out that Christian is gay. um, It's just a perfect five minutes of cinema. It's perfect comedy. It's frenetic. It's fast. There's a lot going on. It's, it's like, pure comedy. It is also just – Infinitely referenceable. Yes. If, especially if you say move to Los Angeles late in your driving career <laughs> and are suddenly, yeah. oh my God, I'm on the freeway, which is something I think basically every time I get on the freeway. Oh, definitely. Merging onto the freeway in LA is like yeah. one of the worst experiences yeah. in life. And you have it to do it terrifying. all the time. Um, that was filmed in Long Beach, like in along, I think, like the 405 or something like that. 
And the 405 is terrifying. Yes. And I actually am not positive that was a freeway, but it looks a lot like it. And I was just like, this is something everyone can relate to. I think it is the 405. It's definitely Long Beach because yeah. there's a Long Beach sign in the back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, when you start rewatching Clueless and you like didn't live in LA and then you do, it just has a whole new look. You're like, oh, that and this. And you just, like, it like makes so much more sense to you. I navigated by Clueless for the first six months. Maybe I'm still doing it. What's like your most major Clueless landmark? I mean, the only one is that I thought when I went to the Beverly Center that I was where Ty had a near-death experience. And then right. it turns out that that's the West Side Pavilion. Yeah. Yeah. Which looks a lot like the Beverly Center. They really do. But I was very excited being in the Beverly Center where I really didn't want to be otherwise. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm here. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, what's your most rewatchable scene, Amanda? It's got to be the debate speech about. And may I remind you it that it does, does not, not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. And so, if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. And in conclusion, may I please remind you that it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. It's really good. Which remains true. It does remain true. It's, it's, it's like politically true. Exactly. It's just perfect. Not that she is aware of that at all. No, but this is her, right? It's She's her. so much smarter than and you know, it's, she knows. Exactly. And it has the perfect, obviously, the story of her not knowing how to pronounce Haitians and then, um, which is kind of the movie in a nutshell. And then that perfect shot after she delivers the last line and kind of draws her gum out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just, which is, if you need one frame to like describe Cher in this movie, it's that. So That should have been her Oscar reel if there really were any justice. Have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really I feel very passionately that like, yeah. I mean, like, we don't honor like, comedic performances enough anyway, but like, this is a defining performance. It's very true. Absolutely. I mean, of the era. There, it's probably one of the best performances of like the decade. Yes. And certainly for her. I mean, this was. As good as it gets. Can I offer like a uh, like a run up? Sure. A runner up. Yes, of to course. Most watchable. Because I think this is. It's got to be one of the best first ten minutes of a movie mm. that I can yeah. think of, and also especially since it relies on narration and it's just someone telling you about who they are in voiceover, which is always the sign of oh, you didn't know how to make a movie, and now you had to add on a bunch of scenes and some narration to kind yeah. of bring it all together but instead this is pitch perfect it puts you in her world yeah. it has like 10 iconic lines in the first five minutes and also the whatever the fashion computer program is Ugh, incredible which i will never not dream about incredible yeah. which, with a touch screen oh, it was really future forward thinking yes. it really was i mean like the actual monitor looks trash now yeah. that hasn't aged well but like the idea yeah or like the screensaver of like little hangers. Mm-hmm. It's oh. perfect. It's great. I there's there's so many good scenes. Also in the beginning, like when she's wearing the yellow plaid outfit. Yep. It's the yellow just, plaid outfit. It's just iconic. killer. Also her pajamas, like her like under cami and shorts are mm-hmm. also like yeah. just iconic. Very just true. so good. Also, just not enough credit for nailing the walking and talking. Like yes. I'm, I'm sorry, it's way less noticeable and weird than in any Aaron Sorkin thing. And walking and talking <laughs> is a major part of this movie. Yes. That's a great point. I never thought about that. Cher's default setting is walking and talking. School. Let's take a lap before we commit to a location. Yeah. In the mall when she's in Contempo Casual. Right. She's the walking and talking queen. She kind of invented it. No, she really, I mean, one of my favorite moments is like a small thing, but it's early on after, like, after she's walking with Dion and then Murray shows up and Dion, like, pulls out the weave or whatever. Yeah. And... Cher keeps walking and she's just in like the yellow plaid outfit. Yeah. And just like people entering her space. Yeah. It's just like, no. Like she has a world. It's this box. There are like, these high school boys who try to come in. Totally. And it's just like she's pushing them out of the way. 
It's perfect. It's like a living diorama almost. Totally. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like an excellent first person piece of media, which is hard to do, honestly. It really is. Shout out to her. I have a couple nominations for the most rewatchable scene. There's, okay. It's hard to pick. The Val Party, obviously, yeah. is just it's multifaceted, capped off by Dion shaving his head in the bathroom right before the yearbook photos. Just really good. Because I'm just keeping it real. Because I'm keeping it real. Because I'm keeping it, cause I'm keeping it real. Ty's makeover, you know, it's like the er montage. It is. Yes. It's very true. Uh, mo- loses points, in my opinion, because no one's hair dye comes out that easily. I had the exact same <laughs> thought last night. And I think I also thought that that was how hair dye worked for a long time. Yeah. Like, this too. movie taught me a lot of things that, in retrospect, turned out to not be true. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. But that was one of them. But not about life. No, not not about life. But about style and hair. Yeah, sure. uh, ultimately, my favorite one is probably the uh, Cher's Arrest. Based on her going, but it's an Alaya. And he's like, an oh, yeah. a <laughs> And I will do an Alaya. She's a totally important designer. And I will totally shoot you in the head. Yeah. And I don't know. I just thought it was, it's always been something that's resonated with me. I thought it was really funny. The use of a payphone. I used to use payphones a lot as a kid, so I think I also liked that. I was like, oh, cool. I make phone calls as well. Um, I'm a mild germaphobe, and something that's always occurred to me is that she would at least be enough of a germaphobe to not use a payphone. I don't think she likes picking it up, right? But I guess she was desperate. Fine. She's in Sun True. Valley. I Googled Sun Valley last night. It's really far. Yeah. It's a lot further than the regular valley. Yeah. Actually, can we – this as a non-LA person – Yeah. The lead up to this scene, she's calling her dad, her dad calls to check in on her, and he says, You can get to anywhere in LA in 20 minutes. Everywhere in LA takes 20 minutes. minutes. Which is like obviously wrong, right? Well, I don't think it's completely wrong. I think if you want to go go from end to end, I like to go to the beach. I live in Silver Lake, and I like to go to the beach on Saturday mornings. If you leave before 11, you can get there in like 30 minutes, and Mm. that's end to end. So I do think without traffic, you can go 20 minutes. I think I was late to everything for a year in this damn city because everywhere in LA takes 20 minutes, except it does not. Well, Everywhere in LA takes 45 <laughs> minutes. It's just like New York where you map it out and you're like, oh, you know, it's like a mile. It'll be 20 <laughs> minutes. And then suddenly the subway breaks down or you, like, you know, yeah, get a blister sure. or whatever the hell. And like they're not going, they weren't going to Venice in 1995. That is a more realistic 20 minutes sure. in his LA. Right. And that's clearly sure. what they mean is yeah. that the only places you would ever go in LA yeah. are like in Beverly Hills and that would be that. Yeah. But it's definitely screwed me over personally. Sure. Another thing I learned that was not true. <laughs> What's age the best, guys? I think the plaid outfit. It's really still kind of rocks, to be honest. It's her, I think, I think most of her outfits are really good, and her style is yes. kind of like back. I don't want to say the script, basically, because there are certain aspects of the script that have not aged well sure. at all. Mm-hmm. But basically, the the I can't believe I'm going to say craft. No, the but way this movie was made, this movie was impeccably made, and it's still really good. It is like it's just still a really, really well made, funny movie. Most of the jokes hold up, even though it's a specific '90s movie. Yeah, it totally still translates. It doesn't. It doesn't seem dated at all. There's no fat. Like there's no scene exactly. where you're like, yeah. let's cut that. So Amy Heckerling is what's shout held out up to the Amy best. Heckerling. She was ahead of her. No, ahead of her. Ahead of her time because like, how many satires also manage to be extremely affectionate toward what they're satirizing? Sure. Like I just, I really, you don't have many movies that know how to still enjoy and like revel in the thing that they're sort of making fun of. Like, even as you sort of feel that the people in this movie are silly, you're also like, no, but they're great. Yeah. You know, Ty showing up and saying, you guys speak like adults is like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're like being really stupid, but they're so smart. Yes. I would say for me, it's uh, Sheriff's Kitchen, which I think. Oh, wow. The way that the kitchen look is looks is still like a high end looking kitchen. 
And I did notice the oven last yes. night when she, she kind of bakes the cookie dough. Yeah. She's basically got a Viking range yeah. and oven. Yeah. Um, she has like the granite ta- countertops that you see on every HGTV show. Yeah. It's a really nice clean kitchen that probably would need some new like handles for the cabinets, and that's about it. Like, great it, light in that kitchen. Great too. light. Really good. A like, really good double door refrigerator freezer. I was blown away by how many cold cuts they keep in their house, but I was like, yeah, great idea. Yes, Amanda. You're raising your hand. Did you happen to notice how Josh, uh, yes. he makes his sandwich? Please, yes. please, let's oh talk God, about this. Oh, my God, what the hell? I just finally noticed this last night. I'm Walk outraged. us through. Walk us through. Okay, so Paul Rudd is making a sandwich. It's just after the makeover has been finished, and yes. he and Cher are in the kitchen fighting about whether her makeover project has the right intentions mm-hmm. or not. And so he gets out the cold cuts, he yes. gets out the bread, he gets out the mayonnaise. Yes. Here's, yeah. Here's what he does. He takes one piece of bread, he puts cold cuts on it, then he takes the knife into the mayo, gets like a really paltry amount of mayo, yes. and spreads it on the turkey on the directly. Turkey. I'm disgusted. And then puts the sand- <laughs> and then he's like, what the hell? Do Number you one, think that he just doesn't know how to make a sandwich? Paul Rudd. I think that he's too busy acting to make a sandwich, but it's glaring. Like he spends, yeah. it's not enough mayo to moisten the elements involved. <laughs> no. There are no other condiments that I that are present. They gotta have cheese too. I mean, like, and it was like one piece of turkey. Yeah, it's really, really confusing. That's a gross dry sandwich. But the applying the mayo directly to yeah. the turkey—that's very strange. It's very bad. I it, was horrified. It looked like a bad sandwich. Also, like. It was it was just very weird. He uh, is just a revelation, though. He's he's so funny in the movie. But in general, the design aesthetics like also kind of holds up. Like if you go back and watch Nine Two One Zero, for example, mm-hmm. a lot of that you're just like, no, this couch has got to go, or these styles are ridiculous. But this is um, it's like so upper crust that it's like classic. It's not that trendy. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure that the real-life counterparts in Los Angeles would actually have taste. But these people, Amy Heckerling or Amy Heckerling's set and costume designers have taste. And it's clearly important that this be nice to look at, which I enjoy. I agree. I appreciate it. And the skirts are really short without being slutty or trashy, which I, I think is really hard to do. And I was impressed. Though I wonder whether it's just because we're so used to looking at it at this point. Maybe. There, it's that Calvin yeah. Klein white dress is well, that one is an teeny exception. tiny. The one yeah. that her dad asked her to cover It's a up dress. Yeah. 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 Says who? Calvin <laughs> Klein. You're not letting her go out like that, are you? Cher, get in here. What's up, Daddy? What the hell is that? A dress. Says who? Calvin Klein. It looks like underwear. Go upstairs and put something over it. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to. She's on a date with a gay guy, so it's not like it matters. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I yeah. want to get more into that, and we're going to talk about what age the worst. But first, let's talk about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos lets you have pulse-pounding sound in any room or every room at once. That's right. You can play a different song in the living room, bedroom, even bathroom, or the same track in every room. A bathroom speaker is really like a a sign of luxurious living, and Sonos makes it quite easy. You can add your existing music services or discover something new. You can use iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Those are the three that I use. But whether you're looking for curated or on-demand, free or subscription-based music or podcast, Sonos has you covered with access to a growing list of music service. And Sonos' simple app lets you control everything from songs to volume to rooms 
all in one place. I turn mine on pretty much right away when I wake up in the morning. Just like to listen to some tunes. It's always, you know, can pick the vibe because it's so easy to customize and use different services. But it's always there for you. So, you know, remember, Sonos brings all of your music together. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Bombfell. Bombfell is an online personal styling service that helps men find the right clothes for them. It's simple and straightforward. All you have to do is complete a questionnaire and a dedicated personal stylist will handpick pieces specifically for you. Then, once you've viewed your selections, you'll have 48 hours to make any changes or even cancel altogether. You're in total control and you only pay for the clothes you keep. Plus, you have the option of receiving clothes once every one, two, or three months. Because Bombfell is on your side, they don't make money if you don't find something you want to keep. In fact, our producer Zach got to try out Bombfell. That's right. I signed up for Bombfell. First, you do a whole clothing profile. You pick out what kind of clothes you want, what's your style, what kind of colors, your sizes, and then they send you a few items of clothing, which, you know, arrives. It's very exciting. It feels like Christmas morning. You get to try on some stuff. And if you don't like anything or something doesn't fit right, you can send it back. So, yeah, that, it, was, it was a good time. Thanks, Zach. We've negotiated with Bombfell to get our listeners a special offer of $25 off your first purchase when you go to bombfell.com slash rewatchables. Let me spell that for you. That's bombfell, B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash rewatchables. Bombfell, open and close. Okay, and now it's time for more Clueless Talk. So we were just talking about her date with Christian. The whole Christian thing, that mm. is definitely the most problem. That's like, that's the problematic part of your problematic fave. It's weird. It's weird, but it's also, I wanted to ask you guys this. Like, is that, I can't think of too many examples of this, but is that some sort of trope? Like falling in love with a gay guy? I know it is in real life, but in rom-coms? Uh, well, there's the Rupert Everett Madonna movie where she oh, falls in love right. with him and he's gay. But no, it's not really a rom-com thing. Yeah, it's not, right? No. No. I think it's odd, but I also – I will say I do think it's funny that the straight guys are the ones who pick up on this before the ostensibly perceptive Cher and Dion. Sure. Like Paul Rudd knows because he sees him dancing with a guy. Yes. And, and they linger Murray on, knows. Yeah, they linger on Paul Rudd's reaction shot. Yeah. And Murray – can I just say Murray uses a really funny phrase when he reveals that Christian is gay, which is friend of Dorothy, which is not a phrase that like <laughs> – What is that? Friend of Dorothy is like an old school like gay self-identifying marker like Dorothy as in from Wizard of Oz. Right, right. D, I almost had sex with him. You almost had sex with who? Christian. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, look. Are you bitches blind or something? Your man Christian is a cake boy. A, a what? He's a disco dancing, Oscar Wilde reading, Streisand ticket holding friend of Dorothy. Know what I'm saying? Uh-uh, no way. He's gay. Not even. Yes, even. It's like hilarious to me. And in a good way that like Amy Heckerling put those words in Murray's mouth. A That's friend, interesting. Like Barbara Streisand ticket holding friend of Dorothy is remarkable. Even as I'm like over like the gay guy like thing that's happening sure. here. Right. Remarkable reveal, I have to say. <laughs> I have to say, the string of things that comes out of his mouth to describe that this guy's gay. Yeah. Cake boy. The cake boy one is, yeah. That but, one's unfortunate. Yeah. But Barbara Streisand ticket holding, friend of Dorothy, Dorothy, is remarkable. Pulitzer worthy. That is, it's really good. So who is Christian's analog in Emma? So I just read this on Wikipedia. Oh, great. Because Our, I don't actually remember. Cher would support that because she loves to quote Cliff's notes. That's she true. does. So it's Frank Churchill who is sort of 
courting the Emma character. But it turns out that he has been previously engaged to someone else, much like in Sense and Sensibility, I believe, the Hugh Grant character. Yeah, right. And it was kept secret because, like all Jane Austen characters, he was, like, waiting for an inheritance from an aunt. And then, Who's not, really? Yeah, it's very I, true. I'm still waiting. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> and so then the aunt dies and he ditches Emma. Got it. Okay. So it's not really the same thing. No. So this is that's probably one of the places where she, I mean it's not, but I'm I prefer him being gay to that. Sure. <laughs> if I have to ring. Sure. Glad gave gave Amy Hackerling an award for the the storyline, which I think is interesting. Like it was at the time very hmm. progressive. Sure. I mean, like even as like Murray points out that he's gay, that's not malicious no. to me. There's just it, it's point it's the getting of it, the fact that she's totally clueless. She completely is. So. Which, as Cam pointed out, has has happened to teenage girls before. Oh, yes. absolutely. So, yes. In that I mean, sense. according to my friends, who I have to counsel through this all the time, still <laughs> not just teenage girls. Happens to w- women of all ages. So, yeah, I mean, that's some, we can throw that into it's in in something between age the best and age pretty well. Yeah, I am sort of bothered not not in terms of like being offended, but like his style gets on my nerves. Oh my god, he's annoying. Totally, but you know what's still annoying? That's my bigger annoying? problem. He's aggravating. Do you know what's still annoying? It's like the over-stylized guy obsessed with like the 30s and the 20s. Like, oh, my come God. Come on. Move, move it on. What he deserves is for Cher to not know who Billie Holiday is. Like, yeah. Billie Holiday deserves better, but this guy does not that deserve. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's so good. Like, it, it's good that she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that has aged the worst, it's not only about aging the worst, but we were discussing yesterday if there could be a remake of this movie. And the hmm. the way that the kids, quote unquote kids, interact is just so foreign to how teenagers are now. And so like kind of Elton having a photo that Cher took in his locker is like so quaint and silly. Yeah. And just like And confusing. Yes. That doesn't, for make, everyone. Any, doesn't well, make any sense. It doesn't make just, any sense. That was dumb. That's yeah. Elton being dumb. That's I mean, part right. of the reason that Elton gets kicked out of the picture. Sure. Because he yes, sucks. Deservedly. He's like a social director of the crew. It's another great line. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> I also love the idea, but I'm confused by the idea of Murray and Elton being in the same crew of the popular guys. At least when I was in high school, the popular guys were more uniform. Mm. <laughs> not even not even like racially or whatever, just like style-wise. Sure. Like the Eltons were not hanging out with the Murrays. We had a Unless they wide, played football together. We had a pretty wide range, but I went to a really weird school. My high school experience was more like Cam's. <laughs> <laughs> there was a very clearly defined tier of, of cool people. And also, there was just that high school pressure of everyone wanted to look the same. Everyone yeah. wanted. No yeah. one wanted to be different yeah. at all because that's the most terrifying thing. And I them. feel like it was a mutual rejection. Like, the kids who had their jeans hanging off their ass did not want to hang out with, like, the Eltons. Right. And the Eltons, like, would not know how to speak to those other kids. Another candidate for something that's aged the worst? Yes. Share and Ty doing a home workout video instead of going to like some weird <laughs> class. They would definitely be walking out of like Pure Bar or Pilates. I mean, that's true now, true. but it's set in the 90s. Sure. And we all had the workout videos. I, I like, definitely snuck into my mom's Tybo when she was at work. I had a Paula tie-bow. Abdul workout oh, nice. video. I will show you guys the little routine that I still remember later. It's fine. I had the Barbie workout video starring Jennifer Love Hewitt. That oh, was, my god, That was a really good one. Related to what's aged the worst, who do you think has had the best career of anyone who's appeared in this movie? A lot of contenders. Are there? Are there? Well, it's, it's funny. It's a like, lot of flame outs, to be quite honest. Do we mean movie career or, like, you know, 
Hollywood career specifically? Career, however you want, however you want to take that. I mean, I think it could have been Brittany Murphy. May she rest in peace. Oh. Sure. It probably was going to be her. I mean, it's it's Paul Rudd is the answer. I mean, it's Paul sure. Rudd, yeah. I, shout out to him. But like Jeremy Sisto, he's like maybe number two. He's on Law and Order now. He's on Law and Order. He was Good for him. He was on Six Feet Under. That's he was right. on the series finale of Dawson's Creek. Wow. He's been in a lot of media that's important to me. Yeah. I mean, then Donald Faison was in Scrubs, which is, like, yeah, hugely popular. Him. Actually, you're right. Okay, there have been people who've done things. Married sure. to Jessica Simpson's best friend, Casey Cobb. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. One of the weirdest couples. Yeah. Good for all of them. Yeah, I mean, there was there. it's not like a can't-hardly-wait situation where everyone went on to be famous. It's true. Yeah. And I think it's kind of the two most talented people involved, Amy Heckerling and Alicia Silverstone, did not really get their no. due. No. It didn't work out as we would have hoped for sure. them. Or has sure. not yet. You know what? It's never too late. It's true. I see Alicia Silverstone at the farmer's market quite often. Oh, really? She's in the mix. Yeah, she's around. I still idolize her because of this movie. Like, she honestly didn't have to do anything else for me to, like, to be in my pantheon. Dion Waiters Award, Best Heat Check Performance by a Role Player. Mm. I think it's Donald Faison. I, I think that would be my choice, too. He's annoying and not that good of an actor, and he is integral to this film. So much so that he he... Ended up carrying the TV show spinoff, which I don't even think he deserved. And by the way, let's not talk about the TV show any further. I'm embarrassed to have brought it up. It was so bad. I agree with that. I absolutely agree. I agree with this pact that we just made. <laughs> okay, toughest question of, of the pod. Yeah. What is Cher's best outfit? Can we just disqualify a yellow sure. flag? Because yeah. that's iconic. Yeah. I like her gym class outfit. That's a good one. And context uh-huh. for gym class. God, uh-huh. I've so many people, myself included, tried that skinny tank top over the <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> t-shirt. Didn't work. Wow. Did not have the same effect. Tried really hard. A lot of junior high dances with that look. It's so, a good look. Some of her best, I think, are the red velour dress that Amber yes. then rips off. Yes. I was going to nominate that one also. That's really good. Do you prefer Fashion Victim or Ensemble Challenged is really incredible. Line. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Ambular. Um, <laughs> really good. I think another one is when she's wearing the blue, like, Oxford shirt with the brown sweater vest over it. Sure. With also wearing a headband. That's yes. a really good one. There's just, there's so many. Um, before they go to the Val party, she's wearing a great cardigan and um, T-shirt at dinner with her dad and Ty. Right. Yes. I, you know, she says at dinner that she broke in her purple clogs. Mm. Do we ever, no. as an no. audience, get to see the purple? I would the purple like to clogs. see the purple clogs. I do, too. Yeah. In 2017, that would be useful advice Absolutely. For yeah. For me, ultimately, I, the outfit I always wanted to wear as a child, still wish I could, is the short um Behind hugging leather skirt with the white blouse that she wears yes. when her um, report card first comes in, and she's making that meal for her dad or something yeah. like yeah, she brings, dad. Yeah. some food. Yeah, it's, she looks amazing. She does. She looks incredible, and it's like very hard to pull off. Who could wear a ca- who could wear a leather skirt casually? Yeah, that's true. It's very much like a scanning my report card look. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> it's very good. It's it's just phenomenal. I don't know. I, I I think I bought a leather skirt at some point shortly after seeing this movie. It didn't work out well. <laughs> but, like, she just was such an inspiration in that outfit. Is that the story of everything that people tried to wear because of this movie that it just didn't look yes. as good on them? Yes. Knee socks was just a real thing. Mm. Knee socks, the um, kind of, like, one-inch wide headband. Yeah. That's a crucial part of the red ambular outfit. Yeah. She yeah. looks so – she wears a lot of headbands and she looks great mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. It's a really waspy look, which is funny because Cher is supposed to be Jewish. Oh, that's true. Cher Horowitz. Yes, that's a great point. (laughs) Apex Mountain, guys. Who's at their best other than Alicia Silverstone and Amy Heckerling? I mean, I already said Paul Rudd is at his best for me. Wow. 
His eyes are definitely at their best in this okay, movie. Okay, thanks I've, for bringing that I've up. I've never noticed his eyes the way that I have in this movie. Is it something about HD or the internet? I something. don't know. I, fi- I first first time after 71st viewing, and I finally noticed how much eyeliner he's wearing for this whole movie. <laughs> like, what is that? Is it like, like is that an emo move? Is it because he's like a weird, you know, Radiohead he's part listening. of the Green Party and stands in front of the refrigerator to keep cool while wearing his flannel? I don't think that's a nod to the crispy Seattle weather. <laughs> but... I, I guess it's just an HD thing. I don't know that you're supposed to see that. Maybe I'm wrong. It's glaring now. I'm Clueless just like, was the wow. first movie that I watched when I got like a fancy TV. And there were a lot of things about the aesthetic that maybe I wish I hadn't seen in HD, actually. So there's a movie theater chain in Los Angeles called The Arclight. Right. And The Arclight Lobby will often display like the costumes used in various movies that are showing. And they always honestly look like people sewed together some tablecloths. Mm. That the, it's really – you never want to see movie costumes up yeah. close. The, the cameras and the lights are doing a lot of work is what I've learned from the yeah. Absolutely. The HD's mo- ruined the illusion of a lot of things. It's true. Totally. <laughs> the only thing that's good for is reality TV. It's really good for reality TV. Oh, absolutely. And like I agree really there. high production value like for Game of Thrones. And sports. Uh, best quote? <laughs> If I'm too good for him, then how come I'm not with him? Very good Which one. is an eternal Eternal truth. question. True. So good. <laughs> she could be a farmer in those clothes. She, yeah. That's also just, you know, so many uses for that one. I mentioned this one before, but uh, let's do a lap before we commit to a location. Important. Another life. Great eternal. party advice. Important. Excellent party advice. Yeah. Then there's Murray's long quote to Dion. Murray, I have asked you repeatedly not to call me woman. Excuse me, Miss Dion. Thank you. Okay, but street slang is an increasingly valid form of expression. Most of the feminine pronouns do have mocking, but not necessarily misogynistic undertone. I mean, he uses the word misogynistic. It's and he says it so, it just rolls off his tongue. Mm-hmm. I know. And it's the, beautiful. But you know what's great about that scene? He's so proud of himself for saying it yeah, at the end. Really yeah. it's, it's not like Dawson's Creek where they hu- use these huge words and you just think they just like know it and memorize the thesaurus. It's like he has achieved something. He's for prepared sure. this statement. He delivered it well. Let's all congratulate it's him. Really, and, and like, what's the comeback? There is none. Well, she does, and she doesn't offer one. <laughs> she really doesn't. Am I forgetting any, uh, any other really For me, virgin ones? who can't drive is, oh, yeah. is and then the thing that I've was way harsh tie. Yes. Yeah, that, that couplet. Yeah, is yes. great. that is maybe the most important exchange in the film. There's uh, everywhere in LA takes twenty minutes. Uh huh. Mm. There's the iconic I totally pause. Yes, that was a really good one. And then also <laughs> one I've used a lot when Paul Rudd asks if they want to go practice parking. Yep. <laughs> want to practice parking? What's the point? Everywhere you go has valet. Yeah. That's a really good Which one. Which is actually true. I can't believe you predicted that one. Yeah. I have a fixation with ballet in Los Angeles. I mean, it's, it's just everywhere. She's right. It's the truest of the clueless uh, aphorisms. This is one of the great things about this being an adaptation is that, like, it is so Jane Austen to just fill it with these kinds of clever but also eternally true like these, stab you in the yeah. neck with their truth lines. It's like that is a beautiful thing that Amy Herkeling somehow pulled off to, like, modernize not just, like, the ideas of Jane Austen, but also just her approach to the things that people say in order to describe the world that they live in. It's true. And it's I think... wild. It's also... You were talking a lot about how it is just a really per- perfect first-person yeah. movie, which is a really clever adaptation of how Austen is presenting these characters yeah. as well. It's You made this point, Cam. It's a really perfect adaptation. It's a perfect adaptation. It's my ideal adaptation where it's just, like, take the original... And put it in your own terms. Stay true to the spirit of the original, even the plot or whatever, but just like do what you want. 
One big question before we determine the winner. Is it gross that Cher and Josh end up together? I did not know until I was looking at the iTunes description. I somehow have not known this despite seeing it 50 times that Cher was 15. Mm. It changes things. But in the way that, to be honest, every teen movie that I watch in retrospect changes things. Like Pretty in Pink. Well, she turns 16 16 because she fails the driving test. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's All still by oh, yeah. myself. We forgot. I love Josh, which I, is, yeah, it's pretty I'm good I'm crazy, but totally in love with Josh. That's a really it's good a, one. It's an amazing moment. Yeah, I love it. Do I have to get into the age dynamics here? It's no, a movie. I think we're suspending it's also, those. It's her stepbrother. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the se- I'm okay with the stepbrother thing okay. because it's not legally sure. her stepbrother. They didn't really grow sh- up together. They didn't grow up together. They share no genetics. Yeah. And the parents are no longer married. Right. Okay, who won the movie? Paul Rudd's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's obviously Alicia Silverstone. I don't yeah. even know why I asked. She's perfect. She, she really just is. is like the perfect avatar for everything Amy Heckerling wanted to get across. And that's not even to underplay her performance, but she just like she just goes. Someone like just like wound her up and she just goes and she nails it. Yeah. Like I feel like so much of what's memorable about the movie, even like saying as if would not be as memorable if oh. not for the way we she forgot as if. I mean, a, I, yeah. That's the best line. Wow. Best line. That's almost criminal. Thank God. Thank you. As if. So good. Also, whatever with yeah. the W's. Which, yes. Yeah. Which I did a lot. Which a I did a lot too. Yeah. It's so good. What a great, what a great movie. I highly recommend rewatching it. If we haven't convinced you of this podcast, there's probably no hope. But thank you for listening anyway, for making it through. I'm Juliette Litvid. I'm Amanda Dobbins. I'm Cameron Collins. Check out all the rewatchables. We did Titanic two weeks ago. Last week there was Speed. There's so many more. And if you were in L.A., we were doing a live show on October 18th. So please come. It'll be at Largo. Thanks again to Sonos, to Bombfell, and to Suburbicon. Suburbicon is a mystery thriller set in a seemingly perfect suburb where everything appears normal on the surface, but a dark undertow of crime, deceit, and mystery roils beneath. When a home invasion ends in the murder of his wife, a mild-mannered suburban father, played by Matt Damon, must enter a world of violence and danger in order to protect his son from the criminals who are still on the loose. Suburbicon, directed by George Clooney, starring Matt Damon, Julianne Moore, and Oscar Isaac. It's in theaters October 27th.